the natural state brand is is we believe fits to a T to what we offer uh, as a prime destination for outdoor enthusiasts. Uh, I think we offer something that we believe people want and that need for their health, for their well-being. Uh, it, it's going to be good for the future of our humanity for people to get outside and, and, and experience that. And we offer that in abundance here, you know, at the highest level. And we want to continue uh, to double down on that, honestly. Hey guys, I've got to tell you about a company in the industry that I'm really excited about. I was able to meet AJ Brow, who's the founder of Wander, a couple of years ago. And Wander is a really unique mapping technology for destinations that is kind of taking the industry by storm right now. A few of the things that you can do with Wander that I think are pretty unique is, first of all, you can update this map in real time so that your visitors can get reliable information that's timely and that hasn't been outdated. Um, You can also kind of see interesting data. You know, Google Maps doesn't necessarily share with you all the data of how people are navigating your destination. But with a Wander map, you can actually have this custom map that allows you to see visitor location, what are the places that are most visited, what are the most viewed categories on the map, and then you can use QR codes at each location to help visitors use the Wander map for the rest of their trip. You can also really seamlessly integrate it into your destination website, and it just takes a few weeks to get up and running. So if you have not yet engaged with Wander, make sure you get a free demo at wandermaps.com slash DMP. That DMP is for Destination Marketing Podcast. wandermaps.com slash DMP. Check it out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Destination Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Stoker, and this is our first time in 2023 taking the Destination Marketing Podcast on the road, and I cannot imagine a better place to do that. I'm here with a good friend of mine, the person who introduced me to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups with potato chips inside of them. His name is Travis Knapper, and he is the Director of Tourism for the state of Arkansas. Travis, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Adam. That's such a distinction. <laughs> you know, First time to be introduced that way. Huge list of, of accomplishments that I could have gone through, but I felt like I'd go with the one that stood out the most to me, Travis. That sounds good. <laughs> Nothing wrong with putting around food. Chocolate and peanut butter combination is a good start. <laughs> So we are here in El Dorado, Arkansas, and uh, now I want to first clarify that the pronunciation of that, I got it wrong the first time, so I'm going to make sure that for the rest of the time, it's El Dorado, and, and I'll get it right. Correct. That That's how it is pronounced down here. Perfect. Perfect. So, Travis, this is a unique destination. Maybe we ought to start with that. What made you decide, and I know that it wasn't just solely, hey, one day you decided that we're going to do it in El Dorado, but, <laughs> but what was it that made you guys decide this is going to be a great place to host our state tourism conference. Well, like you spoke to, obviously they got to meet the minimum requirements, the number of hotel rooms, the facilities to pull it off. Um, But part of the process of deciding who uh, might host it every year, you know, they're going to present to us, you know, what they can bring to the table. And the community, the community engagement involvement is what really kind of showed through tremendously with this. And, Last night was a great example of that. We had our kickoff event, and they took us off-site, and we had a wonderful reception. But 
after that we had the South Arkansas Orchestra play with um, three um, guys were able to share. They perform have performed thousands, literally thousands of performances uh, on Broadway were there as part of that show. Tremendous entertainment. Uh, it, they with that event they were able to bring the locals out and tie them in with the conference. So. A lot that they were looking for was trying to sh- also show their local community how important tourism and events like this and tour- uh, conferences can be, uh, which is obviously a huge part of what we're about. Absolutely. Okay, so beneficial for the state, beneficial for the community. Um, I, I've also, I'm, I'm sitting here in a very unique conference center. I, I've been in conference centers all over the country. Some of the architecture in here is, is really unique. It really is. It's a beautiful building, and the history uh, in this area around oil and gas, you can see some of that with Absolutely. the architecture kind of sim- resembling some of those old derricks, um, which, which are a huge part of the history of this location of, of El Dorado. Great. What kind of built it up out of the ground to what it is. Great. Well, it's, it's a very cool venue, and, and obviously the conference has already been going on a little bit, and, and we're having a good time. So let's talk just high level. Did you guys have a theme this year for the conference that, that helped you kind of choose what speakers you brought in and, and what content you wanted to feature? What is that overarching theme? Yeah, this year the, we went with uh, setting the stage for success, which also is around what is happening in El Dorado, where they have the Murphy Arts District, which is um, about the variety of arts, but especially about live performing arts, musical arts. They, I mean, we're overlooking the facility that has a, a huge indoor concert hall, a, a humongous outdoor. It's on the far side of that building. You'll see it later today. Um, outdoor concert space, as well as a, a, a historic restaurant or building that's been built into a restaurant with a stage for live music and before all that was built and it still continues today the downtown square has historically hosted tons of concerts through the year actually Ashley McBride was here just Friday Saturday night excuse me oh, wow. uh, on stage over there so that it's, it's a regular occurrence to bring big-time artists of all different music genres here so the setting the stage kind of fit with the, with the destination, but also with kind of where we're at. We've had a lot of changes um, over the past few years for various reasons, from COVID to administration, new, new governor that just started. So we were, we've had some opportunities that also allowed us to get some new research that is setting that stage for where we're going to go in the future uh, as, a, as an industry, but as an office ourselves. Great. And I know part of the stage that you're setting has a has a big correlation with some of the outdoor recreation initiatives that are going on here in the state. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. We, you know, Arkansas, known as the natural state, uh, we've always leaned into that. And our new governor, Governor Sarah Sanders, uh, firmly believes, you know, that that is where we can compete and we can compete at the highest level. And she wants to continue to leverage our state's unmatched natural beauty and through outdoor recreation as well as tourism related to that. So we're excited to have that backing at the highest level in our state. And she recently um, rolled out the Natural State Initiative, which is bringing together uh, a new group of, uh, of people to kind of help oversee our expanded efforts in this. But it also brings together Department of Parks, Heritage and Tourism, uh, Department of Commerce and Economic Development, as well as Game and Fish. 
to ensure that we're getting the most out of all those relationships within state government, but also tying in our private industry. So. Great, great. So I'm glad you brought up the natural state, and, and obviously Arkansas has been known as the natural state for quite some time. I'm going to be talking this afternoon in my session, and by the way, thank you for having me back. I should have mentioned that earlier. Uh, of course. I, I've heard you speak plenty through this forum, obviously, but I've, I've heard you speak on stage, too, and I think you add a lot of value, and I'm glad that our partners across the state get to hear more from you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that I've been really focused on for the last 12 months or so is since all the changes that you talked about with COVID have happened, we need to look at branding a little bit differently. And one of the things that I saw during COVID very clearly, both with my clients and also other people throughout the industry, is that destinations that did work on their brand during COVID came out of it quicker, recovered quicker. And it was kind of a reinforcement of the value of building an effective brand and not just getting lost in the let's get as many clicks or convert whatever whatever it is you've got to play a little bit of the short game and a little bit of the long game and have have a good mixture of that and i'm going to be talking today about how owned media is is something that most destinations are underutilizing but can take advantage of and and i'm really excited for that tell me more about some of the branding initiatives specifically that you guys are working on in the state of arkansas well the natural state brand is is we believe fits to a T to what we offer uh, as a prime destination for outdoor enthusiasts, not only here in Arkansas and our region, but across the globe. Uh, we really uh, think we offer something that we believe people want. And honestly, if you heard Robin Thurston speak this morning from Out, Outside Inc., that need for their health, for their well-being, uh, it, it's going to be good for the future of our humanity for people to get outside and, and and experience that and we offer that in abundance here uh, at you know at the highest level and we want to continue uh, to double down on that honestly uh, and so you'll continue to see us promote ourselves at the natural state and uh, the opportunities that are there and you'll see also through some of those other efforts I mentioned uh, investment uh, outside of just what we're doing in making sure we have the product to back it up. Great. You know, that positioning, the natural state, I mean, look, we're not going to say that COVID was a good thing because COVID was not a good thing. But I can't think of anybody that's better positioned as we've, you know, uh, kind of hit the post-COVID stage to get people to focus on their health and focus on the natural beauty of, of the world and and. What, what convenient positioning coming out of COVID is probably how I'll word that. Yes, we have been quite blessed uh, with that. And, you know, COVID was no breeze for anyone. <laughs> Wouldn't wish that to go through that again. Uh, but uh, we, we've, we fare much better than some places. And I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but it shows in the numbers, shows in the economic impact reports we've gotten that um, 2020, we were down 24%. <laughs> Sounds absolutely atrocious but i think the natural national national average was 47 percent. i think so right when you're comparing that i'd much rather be the 20 <laughs> only down 24 percent. that's what i was saying on the stage last year here uh but this year i can talk about our 2021 numbers that we returned to our pre-pandemic levels of 2019 or exceeded in every place but workforce which we know is 
kind of a universal problem outside of tourism as well. But we've continued to see that improve, and in 2022, we expect those numbers to be blown away uh, and truly set a whole new benchmark for where we're going. Great. Yeah, good news for the natural state, right? <laughs> yes. So anything from the conference, Travis, that, that you're planning, that, that you feel like would be some of the some, – and it's hard to pick – it's like picking a favorite child, right? And and we all have it, but we're not going to articulate it. And, and so... He that, set me up to say, go to Adam's <laughs> presentation. No, I, I actually am not. Other than my presentation, I, I want to know, like, what sessions do you feel like are maybe different than you'd experience at just any state tourism conference? One thing we're doing that we're trying out this year, at least, is doing s- some roundtables around certain groups. So we have our... Uh, Association of Convention and Visitor Bureaus. They're downstairs right now. And put put all those people that that's relevant information to them in the room and kind of not giving them a script. They get to talk about what is most important to them. So it's kind of a facilitated professional education networking all in one. And we're also doing that around, uh, we're having the Hospitality Association host one as well. We're doing one around our staff and what how we service every type of our industry out there so I, I think that's something that we have not we haven't offered here i've seen different versions done at different places but i'm excited about that i'll, I'll tell you just real quick why i like the roundtable format and you know so many of these and by the way i'm going to do it today so i'm not criticizing uh the the having one speaker and everyone listening right but the real downside to that is it, it almost feels like someone's talking at you and then when you get in a group discussion format where you're watching the roundtable and different people are kind of going back and forth and stating their opinions and maybe there's a rebuttal, I don't know, it depends on the, the tone mm-hmm. of the conversation, then it feels like we're having a discussion as opposed to he or she is having a discussion Absolutely. and I'm just listening. Uh, it, it gets the audience more involved. I think it's a really good format. Well, there's plenty to learn from our speakers like you and others. I, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, we're always looking for good nuggets to pull from those, but we, we felt this was a, a way to really engage the different parts of our industry and make them feel a part of the discussion. And we get to learn from that as well as we try to have staff in there getting a better pulse as we're always trying to stay on the pulse of what's happening and what the thoughts are within the industry. And that's how we best serve them. Great. So last question, Travis, what do you think is the next innovation from Reese's that we need to stay on top of uh, <laughs> so that I can make sure I'm on the top of the trend? Oh, man. I, 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 you know, I'm not up on my Reese's game as long as, as long as they're combining peanut butter and chocolate. I'm pretty good. I will say last night at the uh, reception, it was not Reese's, but they had Oreos topped with peanut butter, then wrapped and covered in chocolate. That was that was really good too. Okay, so, so yeah. some of that product innovation is happening <laughs> right here, right here in Arkansas. Travis, thanks so much. It's going to be a great show. I'm really grateful and excited to be here, and, and I know you've got a lot to do. So I really appreciate you taking the time to to chat with us. Well, I'm I'm glad you're back here in Arkansas in the natural state, um, and hopefully they keep hearing from us here. You're going to get to talk to some of our other great professionals and. Uh, encourage some of y'all to come visit and see, see, see the good things that are happening within the tourism world here. Great. If people want to learn more about you, Travis, or about Arkansas, what's the best way to do so? Uh, our website's arkansas.com, or if you want to kind of keep up with what I'm doing, I don't do a ton of social media, hardly any, except for LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn and try to keep 
up to date with what's going on in the world there. Yeah, LinkedIn's a great place to follow Travis. That's actually where I originally met Travis. And uh, yeah, I, I actually really like a lot of the stuff that you put there. So yeah, follow Travis on LinkedIn. Thank you. Thanks, Travis. Have a great show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Destination Marketing Podcast. We are here in Arkansas at their annual tourism conference. We just got done with Travis Knapper, uh, and now we've got another guest here. Her name is Karen Trevino, and Karen is the president and CEO of the North Little Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau. And Karen, I'm really excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. Sure, thank you. Absolutely. So first of all, let's find out. I haven't had you on the show before, so i got to ask you our classic question here. What is your dream destination, Karen, other than North Little Rock? If you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? Uh, probably Bali. Bali. Tell me about that. I don't know. I just, I love water. I uh, see the pictures where they're out, the uh, cabins are out over the water. You know, it just looks very relaxing. And, you know, I guess it would take probably two days to get there, but <laughs> it looks like it'd be a lot of fun. It, it's definitely a, a long trip to get there. I, I haven't been to Bali. I've been to Fiji. And, oh. Which is kind of, I don't know, I think it's in the same ocean. That's right. all I know, right? <laughs> uh, and it was it was a long flight. And that mm. last flight that was like a nine-passenger plane was a little bit a little bit nerve-wracking, oh. but we made it. We, <laughs> good. we survived. <laughs> good, good. So I don't know, did I just deter you from going no, to Bali? No. Okay, all right, good. So who would you go with? My husband. Your husband. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. And is this a trip that you feel like is in the next... 24 months or are we probably is it still a dream at this point i'd say four years four years okay all right clock starts now we That's expect right. to hear back from you <laughs> okay. within four sounds years. good <laughs> so karen tell me a little bit about north little rock as a destination sure um north little rock is uh, a lot of people don't realize we are separate from the city of little rock right. we, we have our own form of government all of that is different um the one thing that sets North Little Rock apart from anybody else except for Honolulu, Hawaii, is that we have two vessels from the beginning and the ending of World War II. So we have the USS Razorback, which is a submarine that was in Tokyo Bay the, not, the day that they surrendered, and it served the longest serving submarine in the world. Uh, when the United States gave it to Turkey, and they had all these other submarines of that class, they took parts off of all of them, and so this was the last one. And many of the guys who served on the USS uh, Razorback lived in Arkansas. And we have a huge Turkish uh, population as well. So they brought it over, brought it through the Dardanelles, came down to the Mississippi River and up, to Arkansas. So no uh, the Arkansas River has a submarine on it. Then we also have uh, the Hoga, the USS Hoga, which was a fireboat in uh, Pearl Harbor the day of the bombing. And so that's very unusual. You know, we're landlocked yeah. and we have a submarine and a fireboat. So, <laughs> so everybody to this point thought you had to fly to Hawaii to see right. some of these things. And you <laughs> don't. You can be no. right here in Arkansas. That's right. And it's so fascinating. You know, the stories and uh, a lot of the guys who served on the, you know, it was just guys at that point um, that served on the submarine. They work as docents and they do tours of the submarine and they tell stories about it. And um, like one of my favorite stories is that they would be gone for nine months at a time. And so they loaded up all of their food in the beginning 
And so it was like lined up in the, in the aisles. Like as the, as they used the food, they had more headroom, you know, because it was doing that. Uh, and they had like eggs from for a whole year. And I'm like, how do you keep eggs fresh for a year? It's they said it's not keeping it cold. You dip it in wax. It's the air that makes them spoil. Really? I mean, so just stories like that are just fascinating to me. Um, they didn't bathe. They had, you know, the, the kind of thing. They had three guys to a bunk. They worked. Tw- uh, they had eight hours on, eight hours off. So they took turns sleeping in the bunk. So you shared with two other guys, not at the same time, but yeah. you know, rotating yeah, you rotate, out. Right? So anyway, that's pretty exciting. And then, really unique. I yeah. did not expect that answer. I know. It. People just don't think about that. Um, but it's great. And we have people from all over the world that have come to see it. And the school groups, they come from surrounding states. And you can stay all night on the submarine. You can actually... Really? Yeah, the Boy Scouts, you know. Uh, we had a high school reunion that, I guess it was like 50 years, 60 years, something like that. And they split up the guys at one end, the women at the other end, and, and they had a blast. It was so much fun. And my when we brought it in, uh, we, I had this idea. I was like, I think we can do birthday parties on the submarine. And so my youngest daughter had her ninth birthday on the submarine just so we could prove we could do it. Wow. And it was a blast. We had so much fun. So, I mean, I'm already hearing... North Little Rock, you would probably expect, you know, maybe some Southern history, uh, you know, you'd expect some of the, the, I guess, cliche or expected, I mean, we're talking Pearl Harbor history right here in Arkansas. That's That's really unique. That's right. We also have the last surviving structure from Gone with the Wind. Really? Like, you think Atlanta, right? Yeah. But no, uh, in the beginning of the movie, there's the, the mill that's sitting up in the, you know, the dusk or whatever, and that is located in North Little Rock. It's called the Old Mill, and it's beautiful. People, I got married there. They had all kinds of weddings there, <laughs> weddings and proms and, uh, you know, it's, uh, pictures, you know, high school. I'm hearing somebody that's really done a good job of taking advantage of the assets in their destination. Your mm-hmm. nine-year-old had her birthday party <laughs> on the on the submarine. You had your wedding at the at the remaining building from Gone with the Min- the Wind, the mill, right? Yep. Um, yeah, you definitely have immersed yourself in your destination, haven't you? I have. I love it. Well, tell me about you and maybe your journey to, to okay. becoming the president and CEO of North Little Rock. Sure. Uh, I actually started uh, at the Department of Parks and Tourism in Arkansas Tourism when I was 19. It was a week after my 19th birthday. and Five years ago? Yeah, okay. yeah, right. <laughs> now, I've had over 40 years in the industry <laughs> now, but I, I worked my way up in, in tourism, uh, pretty much served in every division and, and did that, and then I went to work for the North Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau as the assistant director. Then I went back to Parks and Tourism and, and was the group tour consultant. And then I left that and went to the Arkansas Hospitality Association. And so I've worked there as a director of operations for seven years with Montine McNulty. I don't know if you're going to talk with her as well. Uh, and then I went to North Rock Convention Visitors Bureau as the director. Great. And president. Great. So, so you've been in the industry a long time. You've seen a lot of change. Right. Right. Um, and, and you're leading a session here at the conference. I'm curious how your 40 years of experience in the tourism industry plays into your 
decision making and how do you, how do you react to the different situations that you find yourself in? Tell me a little bit about how that experience affects your decision making. I was fortunate because I was 19 when I went to work there. Everybody was 15, 20 years older than me. And I learned very early on, I used to help produce the governor's conference. And so I I learned very early on that all these people that come together because they love the state of Arkansas and they want to make a difference and not just a difference for today, but for the future as well. And so I, I, I looked up to them and, you know, I still, many of those people are still my really good friends. And so when I do, when I find myself in situations, I can refer back to maybe I learned it from somebody else. I also learn what not to do. You know, sometimes that's just as important, you know. So. Yeah, it's funny. I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are asking for different, like, career advice and stuff like that. A lot of them just like their boss at the time, you know, that everybody finds themselves in situations Mm -hmm. like that. And I always say, take the good things and implement them and take the bad things and never repeat them. That's exactly (laughs) right. right. That's exactly right. And I did. I learned what not to do from some people. But I was also very fortunate to have a lot of mentors and people early on who took me under their wing and trusted me and trusted my judgment. And I learned from them and I grew under them, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, it's funny. I think people underappreciate the value of both sides of that education, mm-hmm. right? Everybody That's says, right. oh, I learned so many wonderful things from this person about what I should do. But all the what not to do's were important learnings along the way. And I think another thing that people don't realize with leaders is leaders are learning how to be leaders, just like employees are learning how to be employees, right? That's right. And and lots of times what not to do, the things you learned not to do, you learned from somebody that was in the early part of their learning curve of becoming a leader. Anyway, it's kind of a fascinating... Or they were just evil. <laughs> Here I am trying to give them credit. <laughs> and maybe no. they were bad leaders, no. right? But it, it, is, it is fascinating to think about how valuable the negative side of your education mm-hmm. is, too. That's exactly but right. But we don't look at it that that way when we're going through it, do we? That's right. Um, I had taught part-time while I was, you know, working as the director at the Visitors Bureau. I taught part-time at the uh, Culinary Arts and Hospitality Management Institute. And one of my favorite classes that I taught was a career development class. And, you know, it was just things like basic things that students need to learn to be productive in their work life. And um, it it was very rewarding to see that. Yeah, really cool. Well, tell us about your session. I know it's funny. I've I've really enjoyed our conversation and realized I haven't gotten to the point yet. Tell tell me about your session. (laughs) No, that's okay. Uh, I'm actually uh, facilitating the one with uh, Susan West and the students from Arkansas Tech University. And uh, she has a really dynamic program in Russellville. And those students have put together this fabulous uh, program that they're going to explain to everybody and you know so it's going to be good now this isn't going to be published till after the event okay can you give us a little teaser of what they've come up with i don't even know how to describe it it's like a virtual reality kind of thing so i don't know if you know the what is it the um the vr headset vr yeah. headset it's something like that and they get themselves into a situation like okay they're in the kitchen and somebody cuts their finger and blood gets on the salad. What do you do with that? And so, like, whatever decision, you, you have three different choices of what you can do. Each one of those has two or three other scenarios that goes with it, what happens. 
So it, it's just a really great learning tool. So, and, and help me kind of interpret this here, but basically what you're saying is, you know, historically the way we've learned is I picture like the, the written word problems, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like so-and-so's on a bus and this bus left at that time. Right. This type of education can actually put the student in the situation right. so they can observe the variables that you just can't get from a word problem That's or a right. description or something like That's that. Right. Is that a fair yes, summary? Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of the scenarios is if you have um, a customer who's irate and you know they really are in the video. I mean, they're like screaming at them and, and doing all this stuff. And so how do you handle that? You know, it's just all these different situations. And, and this is something we could possibly roll out for, like, frontline education yes. in the industry, and that's kind of the direction that this is going. Absolutely. How interesting. That's yeah. going to be a really cool session. It will. And I think they've gotten a grant to put it together, and so her students did it. And she you know, gave them advice and worked with them a little bit. But, yeah, this was student-led. That's amazing. So really cool. Good. Yeah. It sounds like you got some real talent here in the state as we well. We do. We do. That's yeah, great. A lot of a lot of strong people, people who care. You know, I was thinking when you were asking about like advice, what did yeah. I learn and everything. The one thing I learned is tourism and everything basically in hospitality, it's all about relationships. It's not who you know, but why you know them and why they know you. Yeah. And making that impression and all that and building those relationships, you know, I've alluded to the fact that I've been coming to governor's conferences for 40 years and um, those people are here because, you know, they love the state and they love each other. So it makes a difference. People don't realize the value of relationships. I've really tried, and I'm not perfect at this by any Mm -hmm. means, but I've really tried to never burn a bridge completely because Mm -hmm. it's amazing how many times Mm -hmm. the, the relationship has come back later and because you didn't cause major problems earlier in the relationship, the relationship can, can, and you don't just do it for your benefit. You just try to be a good person either That's way, right. right? That's right. But it all comes back around. That's right. And I, I see it with uh, younger folks that have grown up with technology. Like They may be introverted naturally, but they just want to text. They don't want to call anybody. You know, They have a hard time making those social connections, and they don't see the value of it sometimes. And so I, I've struggled really with my younger employees and children to, you know, say this is important, you know, and this is you're making an investment in your life by making an investment in these relationships. So. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, tell me about what you're hoping to get as an attendee out of the conference here. I always learn something from somebody. I mean, always. If I feel like I've wasted my time if I don't go home knowing somebody new. Um, even just last night, I met four new people. And, you know, it's like that that was worth it, if nothing else. You know, and they were great people, and I enjoyed talking to them and hearing their stories and their lives and what they're doing in their communities. And so, but I always learn something. I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. Awesome. <laughs> so, I love it. Is there anything, uh, our audiences, convention and visitors, bureaus, and destination organizations around the world, any advice you'd give to anybody listening? Mm, just basically what we've said, you know, build your relationships and get to know as many people as possible. Perfect. Well, Karen, this has been really nice. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Sure. Thank you for having me here. If people want to learn more about you or your organization, what's the best way for them to do um, so? NorthLittleRock.org um, or um, my email address is Karen at NorthLittleRock.org. 
Perfect. Karen, thanks so much. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Enjoy Bye-bye. the show. Thank you. Okay, everybody, I've got to imagine that by now you know who Bandwango is, and I'm really proud to announce that they are a sponsor here on the Destination Marketing Podcast. Bandwango has an incredible business. I'm really good friends with Mo, their CEO, and I love their vision for what not only what they've done in the industry, but where they're headed. You're spending all this money to get people to your destination. What is your plan to monetize and measure their activity once they come to the destination? Bandwango builds passes that do just that. I'm going to give you an example of one of those passes they worked with Visit Mesa, and they partnered with a local influencer named Lacey Kane and her brand Wildjoy to promote their adventure pass that they hosted through Bandwango. The passport launched in November of 2022, and this adventure passport for the city of Mesa includes 21 different adventures, eight of which are curated and endorsed by Lacey Kane herself. And in five months, that passport has captured more than 600 signups and more than 400,000 Facebook and Instagram impressions. If you want results like that, where you actually get to have a pass that, that can generate that kind of measurability, that kind of data and demonstrable results for your stakeholders, make sure to think about making Bandwango part of your budget. If you want to learn more about the Mesa case study or Bandwango specifically, go to bandwango.com slash DMP. Let them know that you heard them here on my show and you, that you want access to the Mesa case study. And if you haven't yet built a pass for yourself, I think it's time to consider it. Bandwango.com slash DMP.